Hey guys, so hold on while I close my fan for a second. It's currently 3.21 a.m. So 3.21 a.m. And I'm making non bread and watching Big Brother. I'm just giving you an update before I start today's episode. Um, and a lot has happened today, which is a good thing. And... A bit of a bad thing but not bad because it's negative or low vibrational it's just like bringing up a lot of stuff from the past um that hasn't been dealt with when i thought that i had and that's actually the point of this podcast that i'm making is to record a journey that i've never thought to take before in my life and you know, heal and do better for myself because I deserve it and to do better for the people who are in my life because they also deserve it. Um, But I can't promise that I'm not going to be just crying or just upset or angry or just frustrated or any of those things I can't promise that I won't be because there's so much underneath everything and I feel so scared to like open that door because I don't know what it looks like to be okay in this area of my life because I've never been and I've never been secure here and I've never been comfortable and I don't want to spend the next decade doing the work on this you know but it's such a big part of my life and such a big part of like repressed stuff that if it takes 10 years then there's like literally nothing I can do about it and I'm learning today to just accept that it's what I'm where I'm at and what I'm doing because it won't go any faster if I feel bad more bad than I already do and if I feel bad now I might as well just feel bad right rather than feel bad about feeling bad which is okay anyway so I don't mean to do long pauses it's obviously the first episode so if that's what's happening I hope it's not obviously putting you off too much Um, my goal is definitely not to do that or to make you feel really uncomfortable Um, if this isn't the podcast for you even though I'm crying feel no guilt leaving the right people will find their way here and um if you're just here because i have a nice voice then hopefully you can pick up some words of wisdom along the way because i do think i have a lot to offer especially because i am going to be recording my journey in this area of my life so today to give you guys the podcast jesus (laughs) um i'm talking about trust and healing the broken trust wound um a lot of people will say that in order for you to heal like that broken wound you need two things and i'm a believer in that i think it's true or at least so far 
as I can, my mind's eye can see, then I think it's true. Um, number one, you need somebody who can prove to you that they are trustworthy or that you can put your trust in them and that they won't hurt you, they won't betray you. And even if you have trust issues and you have all of this paranoia and um, everything like that, you still have that person there that through your own mental <laughs> battle dilemmas, they are grounded in their truth and grounded in the relationship they have with you, which is to be a person in your life that you can trust. Number two, well, number one was really the main one, but number two, you have to be okay with whatever outcome you are given. And this is called surrender. Surrender, for me, I use a lot to substitute the word patience. Because patience, for me, I feel like it's when you're like a child and your parent says to you, okay, wait here for five minutes and if you wait exactly here, I'm going to come back and I'll give you, you know, like a, a bonbon, a candy. Um, and so you sitting and waiting, you're patient. Surrender is you letting whatever happens, happens, happen. And trusting in the end that you will still have access to what it is that you want so if you want that bonbon you know your parent goes away um and you're standing there and you're like holy crap i need to pee and you're like well i could wait here but i'm, I'm busting is it worth the bonbon i really want the bonbon or i can go to the bathroom and just explain that i really needed to pee and so while you're morally debating or mentally debating should i say you decide screw it i'm gonna go to the bathroom you go to the bathroom your parent comes back and they say, you didn't wait here for five minutes. And you say, yeah, I was really, really, I needed to go really, really badly. And you just surrender to whatever was happening in that situation. And then, you know, based on your own relationship to self, right? And, and your own relationship to, uh, at a deeper level, how worthy you are of getting good things and happy things. Your parent might say, okay, well, in that case... I'm proud of you for going to the bathroom and honoring your body. We talk about that. That's important. So here's a bonbon anyway. Or they might say, okay, well, that's not very fair because, you know, I, I told you to stand still when you needed to go to the bathroom. That's not fair. You should go to, to the bathroom when you need to go. So we'll do the experiment again. And in that second chance, you get to have your bonbon again. So surrender is a lot different to patience, in my opinion, um, because you're not you're not patiently waiting for something or you're not just sitting in a thing or letting existence be existence and the uncertainties of it all to exist and still honoring yourself enough to say that you are deserving of good things and that good things are going to come if you just let them and if you honor yourself and that's a really hard thing for people to get behind because um and i am guilty of this too because we naturally think number one bad things are out to get us because we've experienced bad things before and they've happened again and they've happened again and they've happened again 
and um, they started happening when we were kids and we couldn't properly process why bad things were happening so we just thought to ourselves it's a part of this world that I'm in okay one thing I gotta know is avoid bad things but bad things will still come even if I'm avoiding them um so we internalize uh this uh relationship with negative things happening and and believe that they're happening to us because they must happen um so it makes it difficult for us to find comfort and surrender because the only way we know for sure and this isn't even a guaranteed work but the only way we know we can have control over the good or the bad that happens to us is by assuming control so for example uh let's say that this is an extreme example but let's say you um tell a friend okay um oh yeah i i'm gonna i i I killed somebody there's a dead body i hit it in my backyard i know this is extreme sorry and um hopefully you guys are not watching too many murder documentaries that kind of gets me a bit riled up from time to time especially when i'm by myself so hopefully that's not weird or anything but it's just an example um no synchronicity there i'm manifesting i'm putting it out there for you guys but, um, yeah, you know, you say to somebody, I, I have a dead body somewhere, I buried a body. And somebody, you, the person you tell gets this look across their eye and something in you says, oh, no, no, no they're going to go tell. So instead of just trusting that you told the right person, because in reality, who, who would you tell that you did that? Like, why would you tell just about anybody, especially if you didn't want to get caught? Um, you wouldn't. You would tell somebody that you most likely trust or somebody that could be a benefit, that would, you know, find benefit in knowing and not telling or um, whether that's to preserve a friendship or whether that's because um, they, like, they, um, you have a secret on them and you want to even the playing field so they don't feel like they have to be afraid of you or whatever. But, um, you know, they get this look that flashes across their eye and you think to yourself, oh my god, um, they're going to go tell the cops, they're going to go um, and rat me out. So what do you do? You kill them, right? And that's you protecting the bad from happening. But actually what that is is self-sabotage. And now we get into the whole assessment of whether or not telling them in the first place was self-sabotage. But uh, in that example, basically, I thought to myself, well, why are you killing somebody for starters? Like, you're doing bad behavior and expecting good consequences, you know. Generally, when we live a better life and a purer life um, and we're doing good by others and good by ourselves, then we can expect good things to come to us because we're not putting negative energy out there that wants to find its way back to us, okay? So, um, yeah, you know, um, let me backtrack a little bit. We're talking about a dead body, telling somebody. So assuming good things are coming to us, surrendering to, um, whatever it is. And this is actually a better example. Instead of you telling somebody, let's say you don't tell anybody at all. Um, so you just surrender to the idea that no one's going to find out your secret and, um, they never do, you know? But because you have fear, let's say, in an alternate universe to this one that I just said, because you have fear that somebody will find out you you're, you, um, hit a body, um, everybody that comes to your house, you kill them too to make sure that they can't leave and say to somebody, hey, that was really suspicious that he had a, un- a digged up you know, plot of land at his house. Okay, so... 
that's interesting because what that does for us and what we can relate to about that situation is because the reason you do that is usually out of number one fear and number two guilt okay so let's say we're going by the surrendering example i'm talking a lot but i'm going to get into my situation soon um we're talking about the situation where somebody um right has hidden a dead body they surrender and uh, rather than take the guilty approach to feeling this situation out, they genuinely believe they did the right thing. They genuinely believe they're acting morally. They genuinely believe that they're not causing harm to anybody, as ironic as that is. And um, so they're not so concerned with anybody knowing. Let's say also this person, person A, has no fear either that they're going to get caught out. You know, they've lived a life where they can... They know to just let things go and that if they do get caught, they get caught. If they don't get caught, they don't get caught. There's no point in living in fear. They just go about it every day. That's really hard for us humans who have been hurt to do. So the most that we can do as uh, emotionally insecure people to some degree is to surrender, as that person is doing, but surrender more so in the understanding that there's no reason why we should feel the way that we feel because we're doing good things. Now, I really want us to hold on to that point here because my situation um, that I will be talking about today is funny because even though I surrendered and was, quote, doing good things, I still had bad things happen to me, okay? And that's where trauma develops or roots even further in our subconscious because then we start to ask ourselves, well, then why did this happen? And it goes back to this understanding of, did you surrender? Did you let it go? Or were you trying to some degree to have control over something you had no business trying to have control over? Were you trying to secure all of the timelines to make sure that this timeline was aligning? Or were you letting the timeline unfold? Right? So anyway, that's a lot. We'll talk about that in a second. But to go back a little bit, we have this next person, so person B, who is a murderer, and person B is living with guilt over what they've done. And so person B starts to think to themselves, well, I deserve to get caught. I deserve for everything to turn to shit for me. I deserve for nothing to work out. I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve that. And so when they put that energy out there, that energy not only brings up fear, right? Because now you're having the fear of everything that could happen if you get caught going to jail, you know, um, what jail is going to be like, how long you're going to be, are you ever going to see anybody you love again? You know, you're thinking about your life choices. What led you here? Like, are you going to disappoint people? You know, whatever. So fear reinforces a lot of its own trauma and its own conditioning and its own, you know, timeline, right? But guilt, in essence, is that thing that tells us that we are allowed to feel fear, that we should feel fear, that it's normal to feel fear because we have this guilty mind and our guilty mind will say to us, oh my God, I did the wrong thing, therefore I should go to jail. Jail equates fear, right? propagates all these other thoughts um and because of my guilt and because of what i've done and because i know that i did the wrong thing and because i don't agree with what i've done or because i think that i um should be in trouble for what i've done i'm going to allow that fear and all of those things to come towards me and manifest now whether that actually happens doesn't matter but the effects that it has on an emotional and a mental level do okay um because then you start to sort of 
build a relationship with yourself on the foundation of that that dead body and everything that it's brought up of you being unworthy of simply being able to surrender you can't find peace in surrendering and saying well it is what it is i'm just going to live and let live and see what happens um ironic again um you can't find peace because you're very very worried about whether or not you're doing the right thing interestingly enough now that i think about it i think that my situation has me living with a lot of guilt a lot of guilt and i do think that therefore there was no way that i could have completely surrendered to my situation and had it be an, a good outcome because the guilt was bringing in fear you know and the fear was like bringing in a subconscious manifestation of like i deserve the bad thing to happen and like i said it doesn't always mean the bad thing happens we watch movies where the character ends up living life with guilt and they never you know get caught or anything bad happens but they just end up having their own inner turmoil that's not necessarily the case with me my situation you know got exposed i got exposed my heart got exposed my vulnerability got exposed um okay and i couldn't um live with it not being out in the open i want to say i think I, I lost my train of thought so i just tried closing that so that it wasn't like an open-ended statement um but um i hope that made sense and if it didn't don't worry uh we'll get back right on track to that the thing i was trying to say though i really want to talk about my situation but we're gonna just move on to the next point that way i can close a b and c and the dead body chapter <laughs> and so okay Person number C, or person letter C, is somebody who doesn't feel guilty about what they've done, okay? But they have incredible fear about anybody finding out, about them going to jail, about them disappointing the people that they're closest to, about not having control over what happens. I mean, if you killed somebody, I'm thinking maybe you have control issues. But anyway, that's me psychoanalyzing at that point. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um... But, uh, it might, but that's, uh, probably for later, um, when we get back to that. But, um, yeah, so, person C, we actually spoke about this person, that person who has fear, okay? And that fear, if it doesn't lead to guilt, okay, will, number one, prevent you from being able to surrender, okay? Because fear is fight or flight, okay? It instantly, uh, sets it up, and if it's fright then that usually brings up guilt because you're sitting there and there's nothing you can do. You're not just like sitting in your, I mean, that can lead to like psychosis. If it's like no guilt straight up, it's probably going to be like psychosis, schizophrenia, like a mental thing to have. Sorry, my alarm went off. Um, I'm making non bread, like I said, and it's rising. So uh, my alarm to go and cut the pieces went off, but I'm going to sit and talk for a little bit longer. Um, so like I said, person c we spoke about this person okay and they are the person who um if they don't feel guilty but they feel fearful then that can split into two pathways okay so the main the first main pathway that we can talk about is them getting mental disorders as a result of whatever it is that they are feeling fearful of so um psychosis schizophrenia bipolar disorder you know mania 
um, anxiety, depression, like those kinds of things start to come up because when fear exists, um, and then like out of nowhere sort of, so this person doesn't feel guilt, right? They don't feel bad. Um, so if fear about what's going to happen exists out of nowhere, your body is trying to understand through a fight or flight mode what to do and to fight it, it will give you a mental illness, even though what you're actually doing in the physical realm is fright. You're fearful and you're sitting in your mind and you're not doing anything about it in the physical realm, okay? Now, the second thing is if you actually activate your fight response immediately in the physical realm. So what you will do is you will try to establish control so that bad things don't happen to you because that is what you're afraid of. So that's the example where I gave where you tell somebody, hey, I killed a body. That's your paranoia talking, you know, oh my God, I'm, I need to do something. I need to have control again. That person gives you kind of a look in the eye that's crazy. Whether they did or didn't is irrelevant because you are trying to gain control again. And so what you'll do is you'll self-sabotage so that you can um, minimize the damage even though the the flight the fight response is to keep you safe if it's out of fear genuinely generally i want to say sorry it probably isn't the most well thought out plan because think of it like i always think of when i think of fight or flight i literally always think of thriller by michael jackson and how in the music video he's walking with the girl okay and um he's like it's too late to run or whatever like that that line or like that lyric where he's like spooking her and she's like stop it michael it's like not funny like you're scaring me or whatever um that just entire video really it brings up that fight or flight um relationship in my head because ah oh, geez what was my okay hold on we're getting it back we're getting it back because i this is we're getting it back hmm um let's backtrack so you said fight in the physical trying to regain control that body guy okay so i'm gonna run through it again okay you ready so if you are the guy who killed somebody and you are fearful and so what you do is you try to regain control over it and you decide i'm gonna go kill somebody else um so that i can regain control over it yeah there's just nothing you can do about it like at that point you're not thinking clearly you're just like i need to escape i need to escape i need to escape because all eyes are on me all eyes are on me that's what fear makes you think fear makes you feel like it's me vs whatever else is out there and whatever else is out there is threatening so i'm gonna do whatever i can to make sure that it's not threatening anymore but because fear is only an activation in your brain and in your heart and your your in your you know your your mind that tells you that you are not safe um generally speaking to make yourself more space safe especially in an environment where you're already safe we'll go back to surrender to talk about that um you'll, you're generally gonna do stuff that's kind of crazy because you're kind of already safe so like for example if you bury the body in your backyard right like who goes to your backyard do you did you stop thinking about that no you just went like oh my god i'm gonna get found out so like i'm gonna go do everything i can to make myself feel safe i'm gonna go tell somebody so that they can give me the reassurance that nobody's gonna know but then they gave me a crazy look so now i gotta kill them so that i can give myself the reassurance that nobody knows again and um i'm robbing myself of the ability to have serenity and i'm and and that serenity comes from surrender because you can't surrender you're always constantly and this is as a result of the fight right um motion that was activated that you kicked into that you chose to kick into uh, rather than surrendering and calming yourself down 
you're always going to be fighting until you're able to bring yourself back into peace and that doesn't happen until the object of your fear is generally introduced once again as not being actually so fearful okay or you can look at it through the fear and decide i'm going to surrender and that goes back to that first example of surrender for person a that we had where i said that most humans couldn't actually do that where it's despite everything going on we're still like yeah um i'm gonna surrender i think that's what i said sorry you guys oh my god 3 a.m 3 45 a.m <sighs> so anyway why was i talking about dead bodies and why is it important that we have an understanding of how guilt and fear play into surrender so um i am going to talk about my situation and what's been happening and it's pretty cool because i like talking and i like to podcast and to share what i've been going through with people especially if you've been going through something similar um, but I do have to be honest and say that I'm going to be 100% frank and I know, I know, I know on God that there are going to be people who um, just don't agree with what I'm doing, who are like, girl, what are you doing? You should leave. But I just don't want to. And you don't have to feel guilty about that. That's one of those things, hey, we're like letting ourselves accept our feelings here. We don't have to feel guilty because today I realized that I'm also to blame. And a lot of people, especially in the relationship community and, and women especially, unfortunately, to say um, when they support other women, they take on anti-feminist um, positions. Now, I don't consider myself a feminist very much. But I do. Like, the way that I am as a person, like, by definition, is very is very feminist. But I don't like to consider myself a feminist because I think many women have different ideas of what feminism is. And there is no point to sit there and fight about what the true definition of feminism is. It's about, like, how you act. If you don't act right, you're going to get called out and you're going to have to fix your fucking behavior. And it doesn't matter whether you call yourself a feminist or, like, a, a human rights activist or whatever. You're un we're all under the same fucking category it's just a fucking name okay but if you call yourself a feminist by any means go by it and stick by it because i like it lets you know what your identity is it lets you know where you stand and you should be fucking proud of it okay each to their own like i literally just explained okay so my boyfriend um has you know his relationship to life started before me. I met him a year and, let's see, October to November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. I met him a year and seven months ago on the 13th of June. And, um, no, wait, that's when we started dating. I actually met him on the first, yeah, so I met him actually seven months ago, literally, like, a couple days ago. Um, a year and seven months ago. Sorry. Yeah. And... His relationship to life, like I said, started way before me. You know how when you meet somebody and uh, they're like a romantic partner, it's almost like everything in your life sort of begins anew. Like you've like everything that's happened before, or that's happening now, is is still there, but it's it's just a bit more quiet because something louder has been introduced, something more prevalent to your mind and your heart and your spirit and your body and your intuition, whatever, has been introduced to your environment. Okay. Um that was what it was like when I met my partner. Him and I were at a stage in our lives where a lot of our relationships with people with were falling away. Um 
I had moved out of my house because with my parents because um, my parents and our relationship was really bad. So I moved into a house with a friend. And I was working at a job that I wasn't making a lot of money at. Like I was making minimum wage basically. And um, I was being treated like shit. I was just being asked to do way too much at my job. And um, I was taking on extra responsibility because I didn't know how to say no. And I had issues with that I hadn't dealt with. I was really into spirituality and, you know, I was nice. I, I always remember myself as being very nice very kind very giving I was a bitch and I would say it how it is but like I was a I was a good person and I don't think I'm not right now but I've been going through shit so sometimes it's a little bit hard to see your own silver lining but I let live and let myself live so it's okay um anyway so yeah I met my partner during that stage in my life if I could list off a few of the things that I was dealing with I was dealing with emotional codependency on my roommate because um they were like the only thing in my life that really made me happy i had drug dependencies on marijuana and i know that if you smoke weed you like don't believe in drug dependencies on weed or like on getting addicted in weed and i wasn't addicted i could literally stop whenever i wanted to but it's the fact that i didn't want to and that the days would just run longer if i wasn't smoking the days were less beautiful if I wasn't smoking, so I don't consider myself an addict at that point because I was living and I could live, but it was about whether or not I wanted to live. And I think that what people forget with addicts is like, you don't see life without your drug. I did, and I was like, it's shit. <laughs> like, just gonna be honest here. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, had, I had drug dependencies. I had, you know, issues in my root chakra. I had issues in my throat chakra because. Um, at my old house with my family, my parents didn't really honor uh, the voices of their children. So if you had something to say, then it would probably be like, fall, it would fall on deaf, deaf ears. And so um, even though with family, it's a lot easier to be your true self and that true self can be yelling, fighting, screaming, you know, but when you move out with people, you want to put your best foot forward, but those familial wounds still kind of follow through, and um, for me, I also had throat chakra blockages, because in order to be good, I figured that I should talk less and express myself a lot less, and say the things that bothered me a lot less, that way nobody was getting upset or triggered in the way that my parents were. Um, I had my crown chakra was doing pretty good, because my heart chakra was doing really good even though I had codependencies I was very happy and I was very giving at that stage of my life and um, my sacral chakra was probably very deflated because I had nothing I didn't have a computer I only had a phone I didn't watch TV and I didn't have art tools or anything like that my roommate never invited me to go meet new people with them um, you know her boyfriend didn't like me and I didn't like really like her boyfriend so things didn't really work out for me to be around her and people that were in her life so I was alone a lot of the time none of my friends visited me because I live about an hour away an hour and a half away of public transport and the season that I was living there was when it was mating seasons for like a very territorial bird in Australia I live in Australia so if you would try going the birds would attack you and i learned firsthand experience to just stay indoors so um there really wasn't anybody coming to see me and the best relationship that i had was with um my next door neighbor who happened to be my current partner 
Um, so my current partner, if I could say what he was going through, he was going through drug dependency. He was going through like withdrawals. He was going through a lot worse than me because he wasn't just abusing and having a relationship with marijuana. He was having a relationship with benzodiazepines, opiates, you know, I don't know like a lot about drugs like that and the really hardcore ones, but he was doing, you know, like psychedelics and all that stuff and just staying in his room staying at home not really doing anything just like selling weed and he wouldn't go out with his family to like outings and stuff like that and he was just like alone and so him and I would meet up at the fence every once in a while it was very romantic like all the trauma aside very romantic um oh to I want to do his chakras he had like root chakra ungrounding because he grew up on the streets basically after he turned 13 his mom kicked him out um you know, um, because he was, like, smoking weed and popping pills and hanging out with people he really shouldn't have been hanging out with. He wasn't really going to school. He was getting bullied a lot. Um, his parents got a divorce. You know, his dad came out as gay. Um, his mom got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. His brother got diagnosed with diabetes. His older brother moved, he's got OCD. He moved out of house and he wasn't visiting. So there was a lot going on in his life and, and up until he turned, you know, 20 basically, um, which was this year and, and still some more this year um, going on that made his life really difficult. Grew up, so he grew up on the streets. He lived in a tent. He, you know, was living out of trap houses, selling drugs, you know, running people up, bashing them, stealing, lying, cheating. Um, been around people doing the exact same thing to him. And so when he moved back into his mom's house a few months before um, I had moved into the house that I was living at with the roommate and my friend, um, you know, he was dealing with like root chakra issues like for years, you know. He was dealing with stagnation to creativity induced by drug abuse and not being able to properly express himself but he was really into music like he writes a lot of music speaks from his soul you know he's really soulful with this stuff so um that was one of the things that definitely definitely keeps him afloat or kept him afloat at the time and um he always speaks on how you know like that the drugs were like you know going crazy life was going crazy but like music was the only thing that helped him um, he was had, oh, I didn't mention my solar plexus. Yeah, my solar plexus was fucking beaming when I was out of home because I was not in a toxic environment. I was not around people that didn't like me. And if I was, bitch, I knew how to fucking stand my ground. So I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm an A1 bitch. My partner, who at the time was my partner, he was my neighbor. He would, um, definitely would have had a blocked solar plexus chakra because, um, he you know couldn't express himself couldn't express individuality was living out of a broken root chakra was just like there was no point to him seeing his story through in a way he was just like living every day as a single day and then going to sleep and then waking up and it was just another day and if you live like that um that's not the way that you should be living and i'm sorry that you are and it gets better especially if you do do drugs i would recommend that you stop and I recommend you just like let life be what life is without trying to fix it without trying to make it better surrender um to what it is and I promise that through the murkiness and the boredness of it you will find yourself because 
you know, when you were born and you came here, the earth was already boring as fuck. You may think like, yeah, kids just have a childish like interest in things, but kids get bored too. And so life was always boring and psychedelics and drugs and all that stuff. It's a trip. It's not a lifestyle. Take it from a hippie, okay? Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, he would have definitely had a solar plexus block for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, and solar plexus hella gets them blocked when they're like laughing and smiling. He was doing none of that shit. Like, I don't really remember seeing him in those first days that we would talk, like, at the fence. I don't remember seeing him smile, like, once. The only time I saw him smile was, like, the first time he met me, which was at nighttime, and I was getting weed off of him to smoke with my friend. And he was, like, I texted him. Well, she, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't reply to my text because he didn't see it, but he messaged her. Okay. And he was, like, yeah, I'll be out in, like, five minutes. It's all good if we do it through the fence. And I was, like, yeah, that's fine. And so I went to the fence, and I was, like, hey, you know, that first time you're meeting someone, literally the first day, and he was so cheeky and cute he gave me like the biggest smile and like just smiled at me and was like hey and you know oh my god um <laughs> my cheeks uh but yeah um and that was basically the first time that we met and um that was the only time I really saw him I like smile like big at that time um going up we have the heart chakra I definitely feel like his heart chakra is blocked because he has a lot to give to people and to the world but because of the lifestyle that he had lived for so long it was so difficult for him to like accept that from other people and not sort of throw a side eye like what what is this for or for him to show people that that's that he could also give that to people without like being really uncomfortable or without feeling that ungrounded root chakra um that was like giving him the oh no 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 don't do that don't do that because you know they may take advantage of you they may take you for granted they might come back asking for more and you won't be able to say no so it was very difficult for him to be able to like you know act out of a healthy heart chakra so his heart chakra was blocked his throat chakra was blocked like i feel like he had so much to tell and the only outlet he probably would have had was music otherwise he would have just been like going through the days you know, numbing himself basically um, with drugs and substance abuse because, like, what else is there to do? What am I going to talk about? The fucking repressed trauma I have? Like, fuck that. Like, who wants to hear about that? Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, then we have the third eye chakra. At the time, my third eye was, like, pretty big. It was pretty beaming. I was pretty, she was doing pretty good. Um, but she wasn't as spiritual or as, like, you know, thought-provoking as I am now I had a lot to say and I've always been very deep as a person like very deep like this but I didn't I lacked like genuine self-awareness I just knew shit I was just like really attuned I just knew stuff but I wasn't like self-aware that took healing the chakras and wanting to heal the chakras and know about them and do that work you know so my partner his third eye was like be he was his third eye was huge like he had done psychedelics he had lived on the streets you have to be in tune with your gut you have to be in tune with the intuition especially if you're you know you're hustling you're um you're you're trapping you're doing stuff you should be doing uh this is not a guide by the way this is not a guide if i if you took this as a guide you would fucking fail i'm letting you know right now this is not a guide i'm, rec I'm recollecting um from conversations and from experience with this one particular person okay so trigger warning um and um <laughs> third eye beaming and then the 
crown chakra blocked off like a motherfucker because he even though he knew stuff and he was aware that things existed i want to say he did not have the equipment tools or knowledge to put into words what the fuck was going on so everything he would learn was like the typical spiritual stuff like he would know about the chakras you know he'd know about crystals but would you really know about them and would you really be able to tap into them because i feel like when you know something and actually know something you can connect with it and i don't think that he connected in a way that was really profound and like as provoking as it would have been had he of connected so i feel like his um crown chakra was only part like activated because his third eye was activated and because he's a smart cookie so he could put two and two together okay so that's like source knowledge which we all have i don't think our our crown chakras ever truly shut down people are like open your root chakra before opening your crown chakra like bitch no your crown chakra is already open it's just about what you're willing to confront about the nature of existence and the nature of your existence which is what mindfulness um and if you're not ready for it then you are by literally working on your fucking root chakra anyway it's a joke i'm not joking but i mean it's a joke that that's what the conversation is so anyway fast forward um my partner and i have broken up like four times in our life together um and the reason why is always like drug related but i want to focus firstly on and this is going to be the end of my first episode because i need to go make my non-bread and finish watching big brother okay it's 4 a.m okay so um and then in the next episode this is going to be in the end i'm going to say this now well no i should well i'm gonna say it now because i'll forget but in the next episode that i talk about i will talk about um what happened yesterday that way i think i have a clear perspective on it and i can really just get off my chest what's what's in my mind today so oh you guys it's 4 a.m why did i make non-bread this fucking early i'm making it with cheese so it's gonna be my first time making non-bread and i'm gonna be doing it western okay not traditional at all um, or I don't know if they use cheese, actually, in the traditional ways, but anyway. So, at least I measured everything and put them in cups and plates so that when I go in there, I just have to go boom, 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 and not worry about it. Okay, so, sorry. My toy is not getting about. So, um, yeah, um, my partner and I broke up four times. The first time we broke up was basically the last time we got together. And that's not a manifestation for this current time because, like I said, we did get into, something did happen today or should i rather say yesterday and i will be talking to you guys today oh my god exciting um but something did happen yesterday and um it was a make or break point in my relationship with him because uh the the fourth time that we broke up i said to him and i said it with my chest i was like look you know um wait hold on one two three one two three four five yeah okay yeah four times um i said the the last time we broke up and got back together i was like this is like i'm not doing this again like if we get into a fight and we break up like we're not gonna be friends we're not gonna keep in contact we're not gonna keep talking like we always do we're gonna be done because then i will know i will know for fucking sure that you and i are not meant to be together because um like why are we breaking up if we're supposed to be together like why are we breaking up and i know maybe you're like relationships go through so much you might just be that relationship that does but i don't like that at all like it does not make me feel secure does not make me feel grounded um does not make me feel loved does not make me feel understood i'm a scorpio sun a taurus rising a pisces moon a libra venus 
these things and a Capricorn Mars bro so like these things when I go through shit I'm just like yeah I'm, I'm gonna balance like I deserve better and I don't want to be dealing with the emotions attached to this so um let's talk about the first time I broke up with him I don't really remember why I do remember why but I don't really remember when or how or anything like that I do remember that we just broke up and the reason that we broke up is because uh, at the time, and I'm going to say a 50-50 here, it, this didn't come up in the actual breakup because I was breaking up with him. So I was like, yeah, I didn't really do anything wrong. I'm just like fed up with you, I guess. Um, but to take my 50% of the blame, I was very not good at vulnerability, incredibly not good at vulnerability. And it was only before our third breakup that I started to open up to him and still I was finding it very difficult to do that. I still find it difficult to do that today, okay? So that's a throat chakra thing. It's a throat chakra, it's a sacral chakra, and it is a root chakra thing because when your root chakra, no, when your throat chakra has something to say, okay, it's gonna fucking say it because it knows, hey, this is important for you. It's important that I say this, and it's important that you're heard. It's important that we work together to find solutions, okay? Point blank, period. Okay. A wounded, and you may think this is your heart chakra, but I think it works better in your, um, because you're being compassionate, and you're being, like, I'm, I'm compassionate to self. I just don't, like, treat myself with respect. So that has less to do with, um, my heart because my heart's in a good place but it has more to do with my emotions because it's how i feel and how i relate to myself okay um hippies don't come at me but like i explained so or i explained myself there <laughs> so um with the relationship that i had towards my goddamn self um my sacral chakra was like Holy shit, my fucking, like, body, like, my third eye is literally buzzing like a motherfucker. I'm so sorry. I literally, like, don't mean to be a dick or anything and, like, just pause in the middle of this. But, like, my, my, my literal third eye and, like, my crown chakra are, like, going crazy. I was, like, tripping out for a second. I was like, bro, please not now. <laughs> please not ever if I can actually say that again. Um, I literally hate it so much. But it's, like, it's your true state, you know what I mean? Like... When, when, when that happens, you're like literally living as like authenticating. I hate it. Yuck. Please stop. I'm literally tripping. <laughs> I want to know how many times this happens um, when, I, when I podcast because I think it'll be pretty funny if like basically every episode I'm like high as fuck, basically. <sighs> um, but anyway, so i'm gonna just like get to 40 minutes and then we'll basically be done i think i'm already at 40 minutes to be honest but like let's make it an hour boom okay so basically the last time we were together um like i said your throat chakra is like i need to say something the relationship that you have to yourself right lives in your um and i don't want to okay by the way going back to the heart chakra thing i don't want to like say that if you treat yourself bad your heart chakra is beaming absolutely not like i do think there's heart chakra wounding but i think that when you have negative self-talk or low self-esteem like i don't think it weighs that heavy on your throat or your heart chakra like i think that you can treat yourself with love and treat yourself with respect and still have like thoughts in your head like 
you know, it's it's nothing like about the way that you interact with other people and the way that you interact with yourself because you might wake up tomorrow feeling amazing and like, oh, I'm going to take myself out to get my nails done and call myself the most beautiful thing in the world. But I struggle to be able to open up with people and that has more to do with your emotions or at least my emotions and my sacral chakra. So in my sacral, um, I fucking, <laughs> my sacral chakra, I fucking, um, lack the ability to like feel like whatever i was saying fucking mattered and like i just kept telling myself like it didn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter like just put it aside like dismiss it like move on from it and so a lot of the time i would start to say something and then he would say for example if he like wasn't paying attention he would say oh sorry what are you, what are you saying and i'd be like oh never mind don't worry about it and then he'd be like no no no, tell me i'm sorry i was just like looking at something his ADHD and i was like no it's fine don't worry it's like really not a big deal like i was just you know talking out loud but i wasn't just talking out I was talking to you I had something to say it was important and because I don't think you care or because maybe I don't even care or I think nobody cares because people in my life have shown me that I don't care I'm gonna assume that you don't care and I'm gonna put out the illusion that I don't care and honestly believe that I don't care even though I do care and I'll sit with the the ugly guilty sad fearful feeling that happens immediately after when I realize that I do care but it's too late because now I'm gonna look vulnerable if I say actually no it's important that I say this very few times that I do that and I usually only would when I was upset um so the last one like I said would be the root chakra and my root chakra is sort of sitting in a really uneasy place because it's like well what if I voice my opinion and he breaks up with me what if I voice my opinion and he doesn't want to be with me what if what if this what if that what if that and I couldn't find security in my relationship with him because I was so afraid um that he wouldn't like me and the reason why is because like I said I was really cute really nice person when I first met him and I was so terrified that he would see me as a liar because I wasn't that person even though I am cute I am super nice but I'm not always like that I'm multifaceted and I exist in many spheres of self and that sphere of self as a cute innocent person only comes out when I'm first meeting you like I'm sorry I was deathly afraid of him finding out that I was not that girl and I was afraid he wouldn't love me because I was not that girl and I know that he does I know that he literally likes me the way that I am but it is so hard for me to say those words and to even believe that I like myself because I'm just like what the fuck even are you and what the fuck is there to even love about this being it's heavy but it's there um so that was my 50% in the first date and the first time that our relationship failed but that never got brought up okay um he probably said you never opened up to me and I was like yeah yeah yada yada you need to open up this this you need to open up first this type of vibe and just deflecting so a lot going on there um but yeah his 50% was basically lying and drugs and cheating <laughs> but not with girls and not with other people but just cheating me out of what I need to feel secure, which is knowledge, which is confirmation, which is validation. I would, he would feel like I was codependent because I wanted to know what the fuck was going on and I wasn't giving him space to breathe, even though what all that was was like all those, those broken chakra, chakras activating and saying, uh, 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 don't let this person get too close. They're very suspicious. Like, why are you here? Why do you even want to be around me? Like, what do you want from me? Are you trying to, you know, rob me or did somebody fucking send you? Like, <laughs> what's the purpose of any of this because i know for god in fact you don't want to be here with me so get away from me okay clingy motherfucker oh you're just another one of these girls that doesn't have regulation on her feelings you just want to have a daddy kink you don't know how to deal with anything you're too vulnerable and that was the way that he would basically treat me whether 
he, he never said it for verbally ever, but it was always an energetic thing. And we can always pick up on that. We always know. And so I brought it up with him and I was like, like, you're like still doing a lot of drugs and you're supposed to stop. You're supposed to be in love with me and I'm supposed to be enough to make you stop. And honestly, I can't say I believe that anymore. I definitely had to learn to stop holding on to that fallacious ideology because the reality is like, you can't ever make somebody do what they like what what you want them to do especially if they don't want to do it like you can tap them in the right direction by letting them know what's important for you and if they respect you or want to cater to what's important to you then they'll do it but if they don't want to then they won't and uh multiple times multiple times multiple times my partner didn't because it was more important for him to cater to himself and that into his wounded chakras than to cater to me and my half wounded but half incredibly secure and incredibly aware of what I want need and desire in a relationship chakras um so we broke up he would cheat because he would you know avoid the truth or manipulate the truth like he would manipulate hard and he would lie about where he was going what he was doing what he was taking why he was acting strange that day and he would lie to the people around him that weren't just me and it's funny because I really did think not funny at all but I really did think that he wasn't lying to me if somebody lies around you trust me they lie to you trust me it's a tactic to make you feel more secure uh, because you assume that they wouldn't lie to you. So it's easier to manipulate you. Just as a heads up. Um, yeah. <coughs> we broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together. When we got back together, my partner had huge trust issues with me um because of what happened and the way we broke up i'll just finish the whole thing that happened today actually today it makes more sense and um he He tried to overdose after we broke up. I didn't know about it, so he wasn't like, I'm killing myself, and then did it, and then to guilt me. No, I didn't know. Sorry, the heater is on, it's cold. I didn't know that's what he was doing. Until I um, saw it on Instagram, actually. Um, he posted a picture and was like, yeah, this was what happened. And um, basically, I went into like a huge breakdown, like huge emotional breakdown. I ended up going to therapy. My therapist was like, you need to break up with him and you need to be alone because you're not going to be alone. And I was like, yeah, okay, I hear you, but I'm not going to follow your instructions because I want to be with him again. Um, and so him and I started talking again. But yeah, like I said, when he got back with me, he had huge trust issues, huge, ooh, huge trust issues, which to be honest, I could not relate to. I didn't understand why he felt that way because I didn't have the same experience as him from the breakup. I was like more like, no, but you fucked up in the breakup. I wanted him back so badly that I apologized for everything. I sent him letters and 
explained myself and, and listed every single little white lie I ever told and every single thing I'd done that was wrong and, you know, waited for him to take me back because it made sense. I was like, I took you back every single time you fucked up, so you're going to take me back now. And... Sure, he took me back, but not without a terms and conditions that I willingly signed, and that was for a, a relationship with him where I don't even know where I'm going with that. Sorry, lost my train of thought. But anyway, you guys want to know what happened? So basically, we went to a party um, with people who are my friends, and. Um, they're not my friends anymore, which most people who've ever been in my life are honestly not my friends anymore. Actually, everybody who's ever been in my life as a friend is not my friend anymore. <laughs> so it says a lot about me, doesn't it? No, I'm kidding. Spiritual life, am I right? Um, yeah, but everybody at that party um, was, like, smoking weed and drinking, which we usually would do when we hung out with these people. And I ended up getting into a drug-induced psychosis that day, which I didn't know I was in. I was just, like, chilling in the astral. I was, like, doing really good, whatever. And um, everyone else around me was, like, chilling, too. They were, like, kind of sensing my vibe, like, was, like, way higher than everybody else's. But I was just mellow and chilling, and I was quiet. And everybody started freaking out, thinking I wasn't okay. And I was like, no, I'm fine. And you know those people that, like, are always looking for entertainment when people are high? It's just like, no, I want to have a high. This is why I literally can't. I literally fucking can't. Um, <laughs> I was like, you guys are a piece of shit. Like, you don't know how to smoke with stoner. Like, you really don't. The fuck? Anyway, they were, like, annoying the shit out of me. And I was getting pissed off. And so, um, one of my friends, I invited one of my friends over. And uh, she's, like... I didn't really know her, like, we'd only just started talking, and she'd been going through a lot, like, drugs and shit like that, so I was like, look, I'll introduce you to a lifestyle that's not that, oh my god, lol, we're drinking and smoking weed, like, what was I thinking, but anyway, whatever, and so they come over, and, um, basically, they're super into me, they're super my boyfriend, into my boyfriend, I knew that the first time they met us, and then the second time they met us again, like, I literally knew, and so we ended up having a threesome together, halfway through the threesome, I started crying my eyes out, and having a breakdown, I was stoned, and I was just like, I literally can't do this right now, like, this is, I'm having a panic attack, and it was like, I cried, like, maybe five times throughout the entire experience, and even beforehand, and we ended up just, like, sort of talking for a bit, and then brushing it off, and then getting back together, and, like, having a more of a threesome and then I would stop and I would cry again and everyone would be like oh my god what's wrong and so then I kind of got the vibe that one of the roommates that was downstairs because she was a girl and my issue was the fact that she was a girl and I was like I don't really want to have a girl be with my boyfriend but I could tell that they wanted to have a threesome and I could tell they wanted to like keep it going because it wasn't about him and her it was about us so my brain who is like I get the sanctity of connection but if you don't voice that that's how you feel I'm not gonna take it as a fucking, like, evidence, and argument, like, anything, I'm just gonna be like, whatever, let's move on, like, you're not being upfront with me, which is ironic, because literally, that's what I do to myself when I can't be vulnerable with people, I just, like, I'm like, whatever, moving on, not important, like, you're not being honest, so therefore, it doesn't matter, um, treating others how you want to be treated, huh, wounded, wounded trackers, <laughs> and, um, lack of self-identity and self-assertiveness, um, and so, 
I know I'm just like yapping yapping and this doesn't really like kind of give you guys what I want about this podcast but no we're gonna keep going and hopefully I can get to the end of this I have 15 minutes to go actually do I really I have five minutes to go holy fuck okay let's get this fucking party started so boom this is the last time that we broke up like I said um so anyway yeah there was this other guy in the house and the part the girl that I had invited over she had slept with him the night before because they slept over for two nights and so I was kind of like yeah oh my god talking to her I was like yeah we should like have it for some like that would be really good like okay I know maybe point a doesn't lead to point b but I was saying it anyway it was new day and I was like yeah this is gonna be awesome and there she was like yeah I'm keen like you should go ask and stuff like that you should talk to your boyfriend about it and so I did and he was like not about it at all he was super angry and I started getting angry too because I was like look I literally was bawling my eyes out yesterday because you wanted to have a threesome with a girl and I fucking let you okay and you're not gonna let me have this like why are you sad like it's literally me another girl and another guy like don't be insecure I know that yeah you know I was just like I was I was reading the room very quickly and not giving him a chance to speak so he was getting very like angry at me we ended up fighting, he ended up yelling, we ended up yelling, we ended up screaming, we ended up screaming, we ended up crying, um, and I locked myself in that boy's room, that made me even more mad, he busted into the room, he was, like, literally had the most negative energy I've ever seen on him, and I was crying, I thought he was gonna fucking hit me, I thought he was gonna kill me, he ended up leaving, I ended up leaving, um, after a very embarrassing getting kicked out, <laughs> and they took me home, I cried in my driveway because I didn't know what the fuck was happening, um, and, uh, yeah, I never spoke to those people again, my boyfriend and I broke up, he moved out of my house, um, and, cause I moved back into my parents' house, and yeah, we never, we didn't spoke for ages, I went to therapy, I had a whole breakdown thing, yada yada, got back together, he had huge trust issues with me, didn't understand why, but now I do, cause I just relayed that story in my head, and I was like, huh, that makes a lot of sense, and, um, basically went through the relationship where he couldn't trust me can open up to me can talk to me because he didn't feel like his opinion would matter because the whole argument that we had was me telling him his opinion didn't matter i'm reading the room find the solution find the positive outcome and when you're done we're gonna have a, for- a foursome and you're not gonna say anything about it so boom this is the fucking this is what's happening and he was like no no i'm not doing that obviously it didn't happen exactly like that but like it was the vibe it was what was going down and so anytime where he felt like he had built a relationship of trust with me was kind of out of the window now because that trust was sort of more like only when it's convenient like you'll do you'll 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 support me and love me and be my girlfriend but only when it's convenient only when you want it to be the case I know that story goes both ways and I know that you can identify the things that he did wrong and things that I did wrong but I do want to note that like the point of that last breakup I think was was more about having awareness to my partner because a lot of the time I'm very consumed by my own mind and my own thoughts and what's going on around me and I very much forget to interact with the world around me and that's because of a wounded heart chakra and I'm not saying my heart chakra is popping every day no it's fucking not there's so much going on in my heart that I don't always know how to express and I don't know how to feel with because I don't always have the right tools in my sacral to be able to express and then find serenity and peace in that self-expression to heal the the heart chakra that doesn't have a voice okay so Sorry, I'm speaking really fast, you guys, but it's because I want this to be, like, a concise and good argument, and I've got two minutes left, let's go. Um, so, yeah, I will have to actually make another video tomorrow where I talk about, well, today, where I talk about what actually happened between my partner and I this time, because it won't fit in all of this, but that was the most recent time that him and I broke up, and to go back to our original conversation today about surrender, um, I can't even include it in here because it's too, it's too, like, sacred and deep 
I need to have this conversation in another one. But I'm going to end this on a decent note. My partner and I ended up getting back together not long after. And I thought everything was okay, which was the first mistake. To go back to that first statement that I said earlier, which was that when I first got with my boyfriend, um, and the first time we broke up was the last time we got together. The reason why is because a lot of the way that I was acting following us getting back together after that first time was out of wounding that I did not know was there. I would literally have resentment towards my partner. I literally like hated him at times of the day. I didn't want to be around him. I was disgusted by him. I was angry. I couldn't trust him. I couldn't talk to him. It was worse than before. And whenever he did manage to pry information out of me, I literally worshipped him and would like feel the most comfortable I've ever felt around him. So much so that I would take slight pleasure in sort of leading him awry at times when I was upset that the way he could work extra hard to prove to me that he could pull it out of me while it was making me upset. Toxic as fuck. And I didn't know I was being toxic as fuck. Obviously the behavior was, but I could justify all of it and explain why I was doing this and never did it occur to me that I was doing it because I was actually wounded. I have like, um, one five this has reached 60 minutes of the recording so um yeah a trust wound is a really hard wound to heal because we've been breaking we've been having our trust broken since we were children by people that were supposed to who were supposed to care for us love us take care of us yada yada and um the world gravity is one of the things that did not give us trust okay um so we're, we're afraid of falling all humans are afraid of falling to their death it's probably why we die actually before we hit the ground. Um, so if you jump off a tall building, you'll die before you hit the ground because your your like heart just like can't take it. Probably because you literally like that fear is just so like I wouldn't know, but ex- exhumed because it's literally the number one thing your brain is like no 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 no. I remember when we fell from the car seat. I remember when we fell off the table. I remember when mommy dropped us. And uh, yeah, okay, but uh. Yeah, trust wounds are really hard to heal, and the point of this podcast, you guys, is for me to go through my journey of healing my trust wound with my partner, because today I decided not to break up with him. And he was like, I would understand if you're mad, not in a casual way, but he's like, I would understand, you know, if you're mad at me, and I was like, I don't think I'm mad, I think I'm just like, I'm actually hurt, like, I don't know how to feel this hurt, because it's the first time that I've felt this hurt, I've the first time that I've like let myself actually be not allowed to trust you because every time we've gotten back together I've just been like yep okay things are back to normal I'll trust you with open arms um maybe give you a week or two go back together just go back to kissing having sex holding hands all the sacred stuff that you do in relationships without giving myself time to actually feel the pain and to act accordingly and to put boundaries and distance between what has caused me that pain um so it is the first time today actually that that I let myself feel that and it's why it was so heavy for me to have um the breakdown that I had today and then why it's so I guess relieving for me to be able to create the podcast that I want to create and I know that it's the space that I want to make because this is really scary for me and I know I have a lot to say about it because a lot of this is obviously knowledge of the mind, but a lot of it is also the heart needing to have an outlet and speak and cry and be upset. And I think I found a place where I can do that, which is a place that I created for myself because I fucking needed it. Okay. Throughout this series, obviously, um, if you ever, I guess, know who I am, 
which you actually might because I only have one social media platform that has the name I use for this podcast. So if that ever pops off, then you'll be like, holy shit, yeah, that'll be me. Um, but uh, if you ever do end up finding my partner, I really don't... I'll kill you if you send him hate. No, <laughs> I mean, not joking, though. But, like, the point of my healing... Mm-hmm. is that I'm healing. And the point of doing healing with somebody like somebody who's hurt you before is because not only are they somebody you feel comfortable healing with, but you're also somebody they feel comfortable healing with. So you do have to remember it goes both ways because I may be talking here a smooth operator, lovely, kind, and beautiful, and all the stuff that you enjoy in me, but I'm flawed as a human being, and I make mistakes as a human being, and I hurt people as a human being, and the person I've hurt a lot in this lifetime is the person that I fucking love the most, so I'm working through my wounding so I can stop doing that and so that we can finally have the relationship that we need because, truthfully, I was head over heels in love with my partner the first time we were together and the reason that he was sort of a bit fucked up on stuff is because he didn't trust that I was there for genuine intentions pair that with the last time we break up where he doesn't even think I want to be with him right he thinks I just want to be having a I'm crying because I don't want you to be with a girl but I want to be with a boy and you should let me be like that it should be fine you're not allowed to cry it just like brings back a whole wave of like this this is proof this is validation that this person doesn't actually want to be with me and I should just go back to doing my own thing but I do know that a part of him and his soul and his heart and his being that's my intuition um knows for a motherfucking fact that he does know you know not to go back into his shell and not to go back into himself but he needs to have that person like I was saying that's there that is like nah you can trust me and the only way I can be like that for him is if I heal whatever the fuck's going on in my mind because I cannot love somebody and resent them at the same time. And he cannot trust somebody, he cannot love somebody and not trust them at the same time. Thank you so much for listening to my today's episode of my podcast. Um, trust issues is what I'm going to call it. And I hope that I see you in another episode if you're going through something similar. Um, hopefully there will find, I'll find a way that you can message me and we can talk a little bit about it or we can just like share each other a little bit of support. I look forward to recording for you and giving you knowledge and I hope that you can use a little bit of what I learn in your everyday life. Don't be afraid to take notes. I know that it's a podcast and you can listen to it anytime, but I do think that like once is enough, especially if you're, if you trust yourself enough to do the right thing and to be on the right journey and to be doing like just you surrender if you fucking surrender and you let yourself fucking surrender, I promise you, everything good is coming. And if you are afraid or you are guilty or you're feeling bad, take them notes, sis, because they will help you. And if you're not a sis and you're a bro, then take them notes, bro, because I promise you that they will help you and they will guide you. I love you so much and I'll see you soon.